Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Hey. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. You know, I mean, I've always been a runner and stuff, and uh, football, it translates to track really, really well, and, you know, I just try and use track as much as I can whenever I'm in my receiver stance, just pushing out like I'm in blocks and stuff, and, you know, just have big, long strides whenever I'm in open field, and then, you know, kind of chop it down a little bit whenever it's a little bit closer, but um, in the 100, my freshman year, I ran 10-8, and that was my fastest time. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It is a wide-open Wednesday here on the show, folks. So we're going to talk about everything in the sports world that you want to talk about. And, of course, you can call or text in at 501-661-1037. Get after us in the Asher Rector Live Fan Feedback after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors. And today, we're going to have Pat Bradley joining us in the 2 o'clock hour. Thanks to Motorsports Authority. Get to catch up with him about all the goings-on in the sports world, but also, I'm sure, uh, some other nonsense, too. So we'll have some fun with him then. And also, in the 3 o'clock hour, really looking forward to having Billy Lucci on from Texags. And you're probably wondering, like, well, what happened with Texas A&M? Are you going to talk about Petrino once again? Or are you going to talk about Fall Camp? Well, may get into that. But honestly, the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix last night. Got a chance to check that out, uh, and it was not as long as I thought it would be. You know, usually those documentaries, great, great thing. <laughs> yeah, they're usually like two hours long, it seems like, or two and a half, but fairly short, fairly interesting, and had some uh, things that I really learned and got some uh, some funny things to, to happen with it, too. So, uh, he, Billy Lucha was featured in it very, yeah, very often. Prominent role. So, uh, that's going to be fun to talk to him about. Not only his role in it, but also just what he thought about the documentary in general once it all came out. Yeah, Netflix does a really great job of that with the Untold series. They're usually around an hour, 15 minutes, and that's plenty of time to be able to tell a story, get a feel for it. Now, Manti Teo had two parts to it, but if you want to just dig into a story and, and have a chance to really develop what's going on there, it's plenty of time to get it in. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's... I feel like if you have too much fluff into it, if you have too much going on, it, it becomes where it's not as interesting. It almost loses a little bit of the fire that it has. Like, there's certain ones that can be. Like, for instance, I, I know it wasn't a Netflix documentary, but, like, when that uh, O.J. Simpson 30 for 30 came out, it was a five-part deal, <laughs> and each part was, like, an hour and a half to two hours long. It's like, okay, because of how much was going on around the story, it's like you kind of have to go into to certain parts. Like, that I'm okay with, especially if you break it up. But if it's just something like, hey, there's this guy like Johnny Manziel who was just less than 10 years ago or about 10 years ago in college football, won the Heisman, went to the NFL, didn't work out, here's what happened, here's the behind the scenes, here's where he's at now. 
And that's it. Like, you don't have to have it go and, all right, well, let's talk about, uh, let's spend an entire hour talking about his upbringing and, you know, where he was as a football player. He's like, I don't care about that. Give me the juice. Give me the good stuff. So they did a good job of recognizing that, encompassing it all, and really uh, providing some behind-the-scenes type stuff that a lot of people didn't even realize. It started off with plenty of action also, going yeah. back to his high school days and showing how he got his start and his style of play, and that's something that he used all the way through his career. And that's what worked for him to play like that and to play a certain way. Now, it didn't necessarily work in the NFL, but it didn't work in the NFL because of his own fault. It wasn't just that that style of play didn't work. There were other factors as to why it didn't work. Yeah, like, uh, for instance, I have a few clips that uh, kind of took from the documentary and talking about his journey to the NFL. And since we're talking about it now, I think it's pretty funny. First off, him not watching film was one of the clips that they put out there. And this is his agent that was being discussed in uh, dealing with the Cleveland Browns. But uh, here's how that conversation, at least that clip, went. Their GM's calling me going, he doesn't watch tape. I'm like, well, he's got to watch some tape. He's like, EB, his iPad hours is 0.00. Zero. <laughs> so, man, it's like zero that I watch. So It works for some yeah. people, though. Like, recently, uh, Julian Edelman, he was talking about a lot of different things, but he said Gronk is one of those players. He's just naturally gifted, talented, doesn't watch film, doesn't do a lot of extensive study, but he knows the game so much from a, a sense that when he's on the field, he can tell you everything that needs to happen without diving into it from that standpoint of watching a bunch of film. And I think it can work. And I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I know how much every quarterback has ever watched, but with just with the quarterback position, you feel like you, you got to watch some film, like even, especially at the NFL. But yeah, it, quarterback is a different animal. Yeah, you you got to be able to at least have the understanding and, and look for other players or other defenses and kind of see what's coming there, but. Also, knowing that his level of what he did in college, which this is here, here's the thing. I said it yesterday. I do not like Manziel. I never liked Manziel. I rooted against him. I hated the guy. But when you just go back and look, like he wasn't like this prominent athlete. Like he wasn't a guy that was like six foot five, you know, 230 pounds of just, he wasn't a Cam Newton, you know, where he was just a, above and beyond an athlete that was able to not only have a good game with him, but also uses athleticism to his ability. Not saying he wasn't a good athlete, but he didn't have anything that was just overpowering that you saw from the guy. who's was like, man, this is why he's better than everybody else. He, he wasn't even that tall. Like He was just a guy that improvised about as well, or if not better than anyone you've ever seen in college football. And I think that that's where the translation went into his time in the NFL. You, you just you, It's a different animal. It's a totally different thing when you get to the NFL, where you can get away with that in college, but you know, it's it's a lot different to try to do the same type of things that Manziel was doing in the pros and not be able to do the other things to go along with it, too, to become a better quarterback. Well, the thing is, for the quarterback position in the NFL, you're expected to be a leader, and you're expected to do certain things that, you, you know, they see you doing this, and all the other players are going to want to get on board and do it, and that just wasn't part of Johnny Manziel's makeup, and especially as the franchise quarterback. You're looked at as the person that is leading the way on everything. And so that's what he was drafted for, to be that guy. But he didn't necessarily want to be that guy. Yeah, and even uh, the clip, another clip, though, it's kind of hard to hear. So hopefully uh, you can make out of it, try to do the best I could. But his agent was also with the NFL Combine coming up. And knowing that drug tests you know, are part of it and his uh, wild lifestyle was leading towards that and his agents really came up with quite the scheme to try to get it to where the drug test doesn't happen, the NFL Combine's not happening in the way that where he gets a lot of questions asked. Like, really coming up with some crazy semantics here, and it was it was quite interesting. They're going to drug test you day two here. He's like, EB, I've been watching the NFL Combine. I'm coming to the Combine. I say, no, you're not. They're, we're not risking this, so we compromise. I call Paul and Michelle. I'm like, okay, you are checking yourself in the hospital, Paul, with like heavy heart so that Johnny can divert and come to the combine for 12 hours so that it doesn't look weird and put him on a plane down to see dad who was in the hospital. I'm so sorry, but we'll reschedule these interviews. That was my strategy. And Paul's like, okay, Michelle, you're going. And like, she's crying. I knew he would do this. I'm like, he's like, I don't even get there tomorrow. I'm going to chug a gallon of water. I'll piss this shit out. Trust me. He goes, I, I've been passing these tests at A&M for a while. 
which I come to find out on my own, it was their like four string backup quarterback that was pissing for him at A and M. Like just a crazy thing behind it where it was like he was literally come up by the way, the people he was talking about was Johnny Manziel's parents. And saying basically, hey, you gotta you gotta fake a hospital visit, like fake a heart condition, so that way we can get out of there early. We don't, you know, we got an emergency here. Like the type of hula hoops that they were trying to jump through to make it work for him because of how much of the lifestyle he was leading was going to be uh, causing him some possible either lower draft or you know issues. They were really trying to make it all work just to get in there, and I guess it worked because he did get drafted in the first round. But think still. about that, though. If if it happened that way, which it didn't, yeah, great for him. But the kind of media storm it would have created at that time, if you're talking about his dad having some kind of medical issue, he goes to the combine for only a certain amount of hours, and then he has to leave. So looking back, it it worked better that it was the way it was, and. He went through the combine, did the interviews, and his agent was able to kind of finesse some things and get him to where he wanted to be. Yeah, and he got drafted in the first round. And uh, what was it? Was that the year that the Cowboys were really yes. rumored to consider yeah. it? Yeah, because um, he he said he was thinking that once wow. you know certain teams passed on him. He said he's like, okay, Cowboys are on the board. I'm playing for the Cowboys. I'm staying in Texas, <laughs> playing for the Cowboys. But uh, then they took Zach Martin, who. Of course, Zach Martin is trying to get some more money right now. Well deserved. Yeah, and he ended up in Cleveland. So, where uh, seems like most quarterbacks go to die at this point. His really. agent made that happen, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. And that's like <laughs> it's like it's it's just funny how you know thinking back to how all that process played out, and you know there were some people that were really high on Manziel, and you know you hear from NFL Network people or ESPN draft analyst, some people saying great on him, some people not. Uh, but I remember when he got drafted in the first round, I was like, man, I, I I didn't know that if he would be great or not great, but it just seemed like it was such a – it was like a bad fit. Because like, anytime you go to Cleveland, it's always going to be bad as it is. But also with the question marks that he had, uh, I don't know if he would have gone to another team. Maybe it would have worked out a little bit better, but probably no, not. No, it, it wasn't on the Browns in this situation. No. Even though they were a train wreck at the time and they always hit the reset button, it was more on him, so wherever he went, it was going to be a disaster. Unless he had some coaches that really got on him, but there were people around him that were trying to get him in the right direction. It just didn't happen. And not only the Cowboys, where you know it was a chance that he was going to go there, the Texans had the number one overall pick. And there was a lot of talk that he could have been the number one overall pick that year. Now, it happened to be Jadevian Clowney, which was a better move for the Texans, but... Um, he, they didn't necessarily get what they thought they were going to get out of him from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, he, he stayed injured quite a bit. Yeah, a lot of teams, or at least a few teams, really dodged a bullet on those things with, with Manziel. Uh, again, he's great in college, as much as I hate to admit it. The guy was great. And winning the Heisman and uh, having that, that party lifestyle. Came out of nowhere. Too. Yeah, like uh, he was, like what was it, I guess... 2012, yeah, it was the year that John L. Smith was there in Arkansas, went down to A&M and got smoked, and he just put on a clinic. And I remember watching it, I was like, okay, well, Arkansas just sucks more than anything. I didn't even care about Manziel, but then you saw him, what he did against Bama later that year, and beating Alabama, and, you know, putting up these numbers and these crazy plays. I'm like, okay, this guy, I don't really know, I've never seen anything like this dude, just running around all in circles and just finding ways to make plays. It was crazy. But a really good documentary last night, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out on Netflix, uh, I encourage you to do so. Even if you hate A&M and hate Manziel, it's pretty interesting. Well, his guy, though, Uncle Nate, that was oh, an Uncle interesting Nate, story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about all that, too, as the show goes on, as well as with Billy Lucci of Texags in the third hour. But it's Wide Open Wednesday, folks. 501-661-1037 is that number to call or text in. we got more Out of Bounds up next. Staff Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair presents Factor Crap each week on Morning Mayhem. Listen for your chance to play on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. This is SportsCenter. Arkansas football fall camp continued yesterday. It was the wide receiver's turn to speak to the media. Wide receiver coach Kenny Gotten talked about what he's seeing from the defensive backs and wide receivers. These DBs right now, I mean, it, it is it is iron sharp and iron. 
we're going to work in everything we do. I mean, first thing we do is start group work. I mean, we're doing two-on-two, one-on-one, half-line pads. And, I mean, you just feel it. It gets the competitive nature just turns up right away, and guys are going at it. You know, and it's not about a bunch of talking either. It's just guys going to work. Guys getting better. Arkansas will get their first day off of fall camp today. They'll return to action tomorrow. And the Arkansas Travelers lost to the Midland Rockhounds 16-4 last night. They'll be back at it again at 6.30. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Fellas, Clint Sterner here. Let me get your attention real quick, man. If you've noticed a lack of energy or a lack of motivation and drive, it could be low T. What's that mean? If you want to get back to feeling your best, you need to schedule your health assessment at Low T Center ASAP. It's quick, it's easy, and now it's convenient. Low T Center offers monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near Low T Center or you just need the convenience of at-home treatment, they'll ship your treatments directly to your house. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Do you hear that? Asthma triggers are everywhere. From dust mites, pet dander, and pollen, to smog and smoke, an asthma attack can strike anywhere, anytime. Be prepared with quick-acting primatine mist. Clinically proven to open airways quickly. It's the number one FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. Primatine mist. Breathe easy again. Use as directed. Sponsored by Armstrong Pharmaceuticals. DQ presents How to Fancy Up Any Occasion. Step one, grab the caramel fudge cheesecake blizzard from DQ. Step two, break out your fanciest sweatpants and park yourself in your comfiest chair. Step three, kick back and bask in the luxury of salted caramel, rich fudge, and decadent cheesecake pieces blended in world-famous DQ soft serve. Fancy? Achieved. No formal wear required. DQ. Happy tastes good. At Taco Bell, we like to keep mornings simple. Because before 11 a.m., you're not down for whatever. No. You're not interested in trying new things. No. You want a breakfast that's toned down and delicious, like the breakfast crunch wrap with fluffy eggs, sausage, melty cheese, and a crispy hash brown in a grilled tortilla. I want to eat that. See? You may not be a morning person, but it's morning. And you're a person. Taco Bell breakfast, served until 11 a.m. At participating Taco Bell stores during breakfast hours only, while supplies last. When you get nachos, tacos, empanadas, spicy queso with jalapenos, Pepto-Bismol's there. Pepto-Bismol provides fast, effective relief from nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, and diarrhea. All the things that can happen unexpectedly on vacation. So before you travel, pack the Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Join the zone each Monday for Game Balls and Jock Straps. Brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. Find out who made the best, average, and worst headlines in sports and entertainment each Monday as Justin Acre and Wes Moore give you their Game Balls and Jock Straps on the zone from 10 to 1. It's all brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. 501-794-2770. Call today to get your landscape updated to a whole new level and be listening for Game Balls and Jock Straps only on 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in this afternoon. Talking about the Johnny Manziel documentary last night on Netflix. It was a it was a wild one. But hey, I'll give the guy credit for this. He enjoyed himself in college. He made the most of it. Absolutely, he did. Like he, yeah, because if you're an A&M fan, I'm not trying to hate on you, but like, <laughs> but but you know, just like starting. It's like no offense, but I'm gonna mean offense. But if uh, 
you look at what he was able to bring to A and M. It might like Drake's not coming to an A and M game unless Johnny Manziel's there. You know, like he had Drake coming to the games. He was hanging out with celebrities. Uh, he had that was part all of, of that. The, if you want to call it a downfall, right? That was part of it. The fact that he was hanging out with celebrities, and you know, he had a certain thing going on off the field, and that's what he wanted more so than what he wanted on the field. Yeah, and but I get it as a what was it twenty twenty one year old kid. You know, I, how do you not get wrapped up in all of that? And usually, if something like that happened, you think it'd be somebody, in, you know, if you go to USC because of the Hollywood angle and like all that, but College Station isn't exactly where all these celebrities are hanging out. So def- the fact that he was able to get to that level and, and be, you know, that type of celebrity, if you want to call him that, where he's hanging out with not just football people, but entertainment of the highest level, artists, all that out of college football like not many people can say they've ever done that yeah yeah and so, he was ahead of his time as far as with nil yes he was and everything that is happening now he was well ahead of that yeah what was that i think he said some sort of quote about the he wanted to really stick it to the ncaa and uh you know wanted to show uh, how how dumb it was that you no know, players got paid so it's like autograph sessions you know those things that he was just getting paid a ton of money for and he saw great. his jersey selling out where yeah. you know they couldn't even keep it in the gift store mm-hmm. so it, he he saw his jerseys everywhere he knew that the university the NCAA everybody is profiting except for him except for the one that's making those jersey sales go so up and skyrocketing uh, you mentioned Uncle Nate remind me of that one, what that one was because I, I remember a little bit about it but I don't remember what was discussed with Uncle Nate and, and the situation for my well he off. was the guy that kind of led the charge and he would set up all the signings okay and, that's right that's and right. you know kind of orchestrate how that was going to go yeah which I mean he's <laughs> He was ahead of the game, as you said, and look at it now. Like, and they were taking all these trips and oh, yeah. just doing everything they wanted. Yeah, and, and, and did A&M get punished at all? No. No. Did, did Manziel get punished at all? No. Half a game? Yeah, like, if that, like not a, yeah, exactly. No, he didn't. So I'm like, dude, if that doesn't just show you, that why, why wouldn't you do all those things? He, A&M didn't suffer any consequences. Manziel really didn't suffer consequences on the field, I mean, like. I know that A&M, he had it's not like they really knew what was going on, True. but then with uh, with Manziel and the team around them, they came up with a brilliant plan to be able to get around everything. They found loopholes. Yeah. Again, you just hate on him a lot, but you got to give credit where credit is due on that. He he definitely lived it up and made the most of it. I guess now he's just living in Arizona, chilling, hanging out. He made a lot of money. Don't know if he saved any of that money, but because... Uh, you know, taking those trips and just having fun at that age. Sure, he was probably running through it, but it the money was there, and it was a constant stream of it. But also, with his NFL contract, I want to say he got like uh, 8 mil guaranteed or something, and that's something you can live on for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, if, you, if you're smart with it. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can definitely do that. And also, uh, real quick, I thought the... I was, I was waiting to see if they went into certain details because one thing I do remember, because I was in college like, uh, when Manziel was playing at A&M, and one of the things I remember on social media is after he won the Heisman and people were you know, really uh, either against him or loved him, whatever it was, here he uh, got kicked out of a Texas Longhorn, I guess, UT fraternity party. He just went over there, and there were people that obviously were Longhorn fans, and they were like, can't be, like, are you kidding me? You're coming in here? And he... He acted like he's like, no, I'm Johnny Manziel or whatever. <laughs> right. And all the girls wanted him there, wanted Manziel there, but the guys didn't. So they were like, man, you got to get out of here. And they started like, because then, of course, Manziel never backed down, started, you know, cussing at him, throwing stuff. And then they started throwing stuff at him. He's walking out, throwing beers at him and all that. But, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a wild time where not many college athletes in general, much less college football, you see almost like a TMZ type of thing where it's like, all right, so what, you know, like, what's the Manziel news going to be this week? Where was he at this week? Who's he partying and up with? What's he doing on video? Stuff like that. What game is he hanging out at? NBA games? Yeah. Um, and then going back to that time where he had his pro day, at the time he did something a little bit different. And they said that, oh, this is the best pro day I've ever seen. They were, you know, the draft experts. This is the best pro day I've ever seen by a quarterback going into a draft. Yeah. And, Again, it, it's it's genius. It, it's it's weird, but it's genius uh, of the whole process. So, yeah, really good documentary, folks. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. J.K. is from Fairfield Bay on. What's up, J.K.? Hey, guys, I hope you can hear me. We're getting a thunderstorm up here, but uh, you were talking about Manziel, but I was thinking about, 
remember when we played Mahomes and he was at Texas Tech, how we couldn't do, we couldn't catch that guy. And I'll hang up and listen, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Oh, I remember that game well. Yeah. Fayetteville. There have been some quarterbacks over the years. Manziel, Patrick Mahomes. There there have been some that uh, Arkansas has played against where they look really outstanding. Yeah. The only difference I would say is as great as Mahomes looked, which he was, I never would have dreamed in a million years that that would equate to him being who he is today. Like, I didn't watch that guy and say, oh, this is going to be the next biggest thing in the NFL where this dude's going to win multiple Super Bowls and MVPs and be considered the best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady didn't look like that in the whole game against Arkansas. True that. Yeah. I look back on the stats. This is stupid. Mahomes went against Arkansas. This is 2015. He, so, this is what's wild. He completed 26 of 30. All right? 26 of 30. But only, when I say only, it's just surprising, <laughs> 243 yards had one touchdown and two picks. So it's like, wow. so you're talking about his, he missed four passes, and two of those were interceptions. So half of his passes were interceptions, and only threw for one touchdown, which, again, if you see someone go 26 for 30, especially in a Texas Tech offense, you're thinking like 500 yards. But he was, he was killing it. Not only that, but also he ran for uh, two touchdowns in that game. So ten, he made up for it. Yeah, ten, two, 10 carries for, five, uh, for 58 yards, averaging 5.8. So... Uh, but yeah, those uh, those quarterbacks from Texas, because Arkansas, let's think about that. Arkansas played Manziel at A and M. They played Mahomes at Texas Tech. I remember when they played Vince Young uh, against Vince Young when Texas came to town. I mean, it was Vince Young and Matt Jones facing yeah. off against each other that year. Arkansas really got Vince Young's career started the year before when they went to Austin and and kind of put it down on Texas and Texas started putting backups in. Yeah. And Vince Young got some playing time then. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, they played the and then the next year, I guess. After 2000, yeah, 2004, yeah. So after the next year is when uh, Vince Young won the national championship and uh, really uh, solidified himself because he was the third pick overall in the NFL draft. Vince Young to the Titans. He was, yeah, I think something like pick. that. Yeah, yeah, because that was the year where it was like everyone was like, man, greatest quarterback class ever with Leinart and and uh, Vince Young and Jay Cutler. Uh, I think there was another one in there in the mix too, but yeah. So Arkansas has gone up against you said some great oh five. I think it was 05. Yeah, the 05 okay. draft. Okay. So Alex right. Smith, Aaron Rodgers were in Okay, that so draft. no, it must have been the year before then. Because the year it was was. No, the, they, they weren't in the 04 draft. So it was 06. Because that was uh, Ben Roethlisberger, right. Eli okay. Manning, Phillip Rivers. So it must have been the 06 one then. Because I think the first pick overall was Mario Williams to the Texans. Okay. Whatever, yeah. the, so whatever yeah, year that was. Whatever year that was. That next year. Yeah. Because yeah, Reggie Bush got drafted to the Saints. And that was the thing is people were thinking that Reggie Bush was going to be drafted number one. And then they went with uh, Mario Williams, and he went number two to the Saints. Leinart went to the Cardinals at number 10, then Cutler went later to the, to the Broncos. But uh, a lot of talent there. But, again, going back to the whole point of Arkansas and some of the quarterbacks that they faced up against in their history, uh, i got plenty of them from Texas. And, honestly, because someone asked me this, and it's so funny we're talking about this. I got asked, was like, what's the greatest performance that you've seen from the opposing quarterback as a Razorback fan, like just in a single game? And one I've watched live and in person, man. It, Manziel, when he came to Fayetteville that second year, <laughs> it was it was dumb. Like he was he was really good. He was really good. But I, I may have to almost give the nod to him, either him or Tebow, in '08, not '09, but in '08 when he came to Fayetteville. But uh, those would be probably some of them. Or that kid from Georgia went through for six touchdowns in Petrino's second year, Joe Cox or whatever his name was. That was another dunk. Don't even game. remember that exactly. one. Exactly. That was before year before Aaron Murray took over, and it was when Ryan Mallett threw for five touchdowns in that game. And this guy threw for six? And this guy threw for six. Wow. Yeah, defense was optional that day, especially in the passing attack. But, uh, yeah, but those are some Where's that guy games. now? Whatever happened to him? Well, I, it's funny because I looked up his stats the other day. I was talking to Logan Booker, who's come on our show a few times, who covers Georgia. Uh, I actually talked to him about that game. Because there is no other game that was ever like that. He was a senior. So, again, it was right beforehand. But uh, it was in 2009. And when he played up against Arkansas, he had five touchdowns, one pick for 375 yards, 18 of 25. The best game he had after that was against, let's see, (laughs) best game he had other than that was against Kentucky where he had three touchdowns and two picks for 200 yards. So he didn't do anything else except for that one game against Arkansas. The, but that that's typical Arkansas, like mm-hmm. the history of making quarterbacks look better than they are. Yes, unfortunately. And that was also 
where uh, I wanted to say when yeah, it's Jerry Franklin got ejected from that game for I guess uh, I don't know if it was it wasn't targeting, targeting. at the time, but yeah, it was pretty much something like that, something uh, unsportsmanlike, whatever it was. He got kicked out, and then yeah, the floodgates opened up. But yeah, not a, not a great uh, look there. By the way, on our Southern Structural uh, Solutions text line. Uh, five oh one has a good point. He says Dak Prescott versus Brandon Allen in that game in Fayetteville. That oh was yeah, great, that was great. That was great a performance. Great quarterback uh, duel because that was still the stat that I hate the most, but the one that makes me laugh. Brandon Allen threw seven touchdowns and zero interceptions in a regulation game, and his team lost. Not many people can pull that off, but Brett Bielma found a way. <laughs> Jeez, seven touchdowns all, and no all picks. on Bielma, huh? Well, I mean, yeah, I got to put on somebody. I can't put it on the players. <laughs> hey, or hey, defense was optional in that game, also. I know it was it was annoying, but it was. I think it was more because of uh, Brandon Allen was having such a great game, and towards the end, when it was getting close, I think Bielma got way too conservative and started trying to run the ball. It's r- basically instead of trying to get more yards to get a better field goal, which it didn't matter because it got blocked, um, but. He, he just started running off to Alex Collins, who's just getting one or two yards, and was going to be like a 47-yard field goal to win it when... He played it safe. Yeah, it's just like, man, but when Brandon Allen was just throwing whatever he wanted to, it's like, you got to do something differently there, but not to bring up old times, even though we're talking about it. Uh, let's go back to the line as uh, Ryan is in Hot Springs. What's up, Ryan? Oh, well, for one, you taught me something new today. I always just assumed that was Stafford that did that to us against Georgia. No, um, no. Stafford, I would have been ac- acceptable. Like, I would have been like, okay, it's right. Matt Stafford. But this guy, Joe Cox, who's this red-haired, <laughs> freckled-faced goon that's not coming into Fayetteville doing that, uh-uh, that can't happen. The, uh, the, here's a crazy stat for you about Mahomes. That, uh, now, if this is wrong, I didn't come up with this myself, so I won't be clear <laughs> okay. about that. But after he won the first one, he's the only, tech, only quarterback from any Texas major uh, Texas college to win a Super Bowl, that's including TCU, Texas, Texas A&M, any of those. He's the only one out of the, out of the, those colleges' history to win a Super Bowl. That sounds right, I think. If you're talking about, I mean, just in least modern history, I can't think of any other Texas quarterbacks the, or uh, A&M or anybody to, to do it besides him. So you may uh, be right. The, I, I'm going to have to go Joe Burrow on this one. Uh, for the, uh, the watching an opposing quarterback, yeah. for what, I, I'm going to have to get that. I'm just going to have to go Joe Burrow on that one. Oh, well, um, yeah. Well, that was a bad combination of Joe Burrow being amazing and Arkansas being the worst of the worst <laughs> team you've ever seen. So yeah, definitely, definitely that. Right. That was Barry uh, Lunny's oh. first game as a head coach on the road to that right. LSU team. Hey, boy, boy, how about that? First, first game as a head coach or interim, however you want to say it. By the way, hope you have, hope you have fun. You're gonna go get blasted by LSU. Yeah, that was a that was a nightmare, and I think that was uh, KJ Jefferson's first start too as, sure as as the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and that game was kind of the game that I've had to kind of get my dad to kind of leave out because you know when KJ first started, he kept going back. Well, he goes, well, he go get the first down, he pull up short. Oh, I said, Dad, yeah. he was a yeah. freshman. Freshman. I mm-hmm. said, look at, I said, look at, look at Austin Allen. Uh, he got no, it wasn't Austin. It was uh, maybe it was one of the quarterbacks there that. Uh, before they started, they had a terrible, terrible start against uh, Texas Tech or no uh, Texas State, uh, and then wind up doing some pretty great things. Pretty great things. But the whole point was um, also a point at that time. Two Tyler uh, struggled before he got to start. Uh, got to come in at Auburn. I said, Dad, that's just part of being a young quarterback. Give him a chance, and sure enough, you know he's uh, he's changed his mind on KJ, uh, obviously. But uh, that's my two cents. I hope you'll have a great day and go Hogs. I appreciate it, Ryan. Hey, Brandon Allen's first start was against Alabama. Oh, gosh, yeah. I can't forget that one. <laughs> 52 skunk. Yeah. Sitting there in the rain. Back-to-back after... years, same score. Oh, yeah. Sitting, it's now he's sitting in the rain, but coming off of the loss to, uh, I guess, Louisiana Monroe was right in, in Moore Memorial, right, that year. Always get Louisiana Monroe and and uh, Missouri State. It was Louisiana Monroe when they lost to Moore Memorial, John L. Smith's year. The next week, because college game day was coming to yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. Glad they didn't. Glad they didn't for that one. That was another great game as a student, being able to hang out in the student section for, jeez, <laughs> great, great memories there. But, yeah, that was that game. And then I'm trying to think also, was it – he's talking about quarterback struggling. Oh, Tyler Wilson. Tyler Wilson's first real game action, though, came against Texas in 08 when they were on the road, and it was against Colt McCoy in that oh, Texas yeah. team. And I, if I'm not mistaken – no, no, it was the next year. Remember, Texas played in the national championship against Bama. Uh, that was the next season when Bama beat Texas. But still, Colt McCoy and Texas, those teams were great. 
absolutely outstanding, and Arkansas got smoked in that one, too. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad we're bringing up all the games Arkansas got smoked in. But there was uh, quite a few, and Bama was uh, usually the ones that, that did it for them. Yeah, Tyler got in that game uh, because the game was out of hand. And right. then, of course, the Auburn game, he got in because of injury to mm-hmm. Mallet. So he got put in some tough situations, but he played really well in that game against Auburn. Oh, yeah. In fact, one of my favorite throws that he ever made was in that game on the third touchdown pass that he had where uh, I remember he used to have the clip uh, on my phone, but it was uh, on CBS where you had Vern Lundquist, Gary Danson, because that was the Cam Newton Auburn team, you know, the the great team, the national championship team. And Tyler just throws this dart to Joe Adams. I mean, 10 feet off the ground, and Gary Danielson loses his mind. He's like, he's like, there's not a backup in the country that can make a throw like that. But, uh, yeah, it w- that was a great performance at Tyler. And that's when I think everybody was like, all right, we're, we're, we're good. Once Mallet, yeah. once Mallet moves on and graduates and goes to the NFL, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Uh, let's see. From our Southern Structural Solutions text line, we also have uh, Atomic Hog says another fantastic battle was Quinn Grovey versus Andre Ware. Yes. That's another one. Yeah, back in War Memorial Stadium in 1989. Of course, I don't remember that because I was, I was <laughs> one, but, but I remember seeing highlights of it. Because uh, Andre Ware, uh, he won the Heisman. Yes. But it was also, again, I didn't watch a lot of highlights of him, but it was the styles were pretty similar between him and Quinn Grovey, right? As far as Mm-mm. no, not at all. No, okay. no, Andre Ware. They were uh, run and shoot offense. Run and shoot offense. I couldn't. Yeah. And, and that may not have been the proper name for it, but the football in general, especially NFL, that was kind of the offense that was taken off at that time, and they ran a similar style. And how about Houston during that time span of like the eighties? We had the basketball team as great as they were, and then the football team with uh, Andre Ware and everything. They were they were getting it done over there in Houston. Uh, also, from the 918 says, I was in Vegas in 2013 and met a guy who had ownership in the Hard Rock Casino and got to talking about SEC football, and he told me that his daughter was dating Johnny Manziel at the time. He says, probably explains a lot. Her and a uh, few others. Uh-huh. I feel like there was... A- unless, unless she was the girlfriend that was on the documentary. True. Because it was in 2013 when he was at A&M. Yeah. But... Who knows? Maybe Manziel, uh, like you said, had, had a few of those girlfriends <laughs> there that he was hanging out with. And also, Just Chuck says, uh, as a cocky rookie who hasn't proven himself yet, not doing film work will create trust issues between the quarterback and the rest of the offense. Check Kyler Murray. I know it was only one season, but how come no one ever mentioned Must- the Mitch Mustaine year? As far as, I guess, what? The Kyler year? Murray wasn't... It it caused a little bit of a rift with the teammates, but it was more the organization. Yes. And when the organization got on board and when they put it out there... Then everybody, of course, piled on, piled on like they always do. Mm-hmm. But, no, he's making plays, and so kind of like Manziel in the same sense. You're making plays, so the players that are on the field with you, that's what they're worried about if you're going to give them the opportunity and make those plays on the field. Yeah, because there's a lot of times, not taking anything away from Manziel, but a lot of times where, man, he could just throw it up to Mike Evans. You know, just let Mike Evans go get it because he was a great wide receiver. Probably didn't get as much credit that season as he should have for – not just saying he's the reason he made Manziel, but like that dude was an amazing wide receiver, like one of the best in the country during that time. He was doing it then, still doing it now. Yeah, there's a reason he's, why he's been um, in the NFL a while. It, there's some kind of record at stake where he's had consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons, so he's wow. yeah on track to do that once again. He's still at Tampa. Yeah, okay. Well, he's gonna have but, Baker throwing to well, him. Great. See, that, that's the thing. <laughs> is he gonna be able to keep it up? This oh, year? Of course he will. Of course he will. Yeah, because Kyle Baker's Trask is gonna be throwing <laughs> yeah, it to him. Probably. Uh, Asher Record Line Fan Feedback Jonathan also says Tim Couch for Kentucky was forty seven of sixty six for five hundred yards and three touchdowns in ninety eight. That's a uh, lot of Rock. passes. Yeah. Back there in nineteen ninety eight too. And Arkansas still won that game. I remember that one pretty well. It's the one that Mike Leach was the offensive coordinator, so it makes sense as to why they were passing it that much, but also said that was the loudest atmosphere he's ever been in was uh, War Memorial Stadium because of the echoes that were going through it all. But, yeah, great conversation, folks. Keep it up on a wide-open Wednesday. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get to what's trending in the world of sports presented by West Rock Coffee, so stay with us here on Out of Bounds. Hurry up, dude. The game's about to start. Nothing beats spending the day watching the game with your buddies. Dude, I'm literally right here. Let's do this. Which is why a shelter insurance renter's policy is key to your winning game plan. It protects things your landlord's policy doesn't. Uh, dude, where's your TV? What? 
No way, dude. Like that flat screen TV that just got stolen. See Agent Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Bo Beavis in Cabot, or Daniel Vickers in Sherwood. It's Justin Acre for Coffin by Design West. Shop with the local folks and get exactly what you want. You can also shop from the convenience of your own home by going to KaufmanLumber.com. There's an online store with over 800,000 items in inventory that can be delivered straight to your front door. Items in inventory include everything from hardware to housewares, heating and cooling supplies, lawn and garden tools, sporting goods, store and office supplies, and there's a huge range of products in each area available. So go by their store in West Little Rock at 14900 Cancel Road or do your shopping online at KaufmanLumber.com. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Sometimes you just gotta have some wings. And with buffalo, barbecue, teriyaki, Cajun buffalo, lemon honey, garlic parmesan, mango habanero, lemon pepper, pineapple habanero, honey hot, and Brewskies Reaper, you know where to find them. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Whiskey Wednesdays at Brewskies and Poker Night. Two games nightly, first game at 7 p.m., cash prizes and whiskey specials all day. Whiskey Wednesday and Poker Night, Wednesday at Brewskies. David Dunn here with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models. From transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. If you're tired of high dealership prices and long wait times, come see what family owned and locally operated really means. Expert technicians and the latest computer diagnostics will get your equipment back on the road fast. Take the England exit on I-440 to Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, 568-2185. That's Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Big O Tires knows it's frustrating to jump through hoops. We hate them as much as you do. So we're bringing back our buy three, get one free sale. At Big O, we legitimately give you a free tire. We don't mark it up. We don't make you mail in a rebate. You honestly get a free tire. No hoops. Buy three, get one free. At the Big O Tire stores in Conway and Cabot. We have something for every vehicle. So save money today and get tight, service, straight talk at the Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, you and I have been doing ads for a long time, but I didn't realize how long Southern Bank's been doing this. We're a 136-year-old bank and recognized as one of the strongest banks in the country. And Chris, with unstable times, it's always nice to know that your bank is stable. It's not only our financial strength, but it's also our employees. You'll see the same familiar faces ready to help you every day with your banking needs. If you want to see the Southern Bank difference, go to bankwithsouthern.com or call 501-424-0900. It's Southern Bank, member FDIC. Jackalope Cycling is passionate about the Arkansas outdoors. To help you enjoy this beautiful state, Jackalope offers an array of bike rentals to get you on the trails. What about fly fishing from a bicycle? You can't do that, but Jackalope also offers fly rods, reels, waders, fly fishing accessories, outdoor and camping gear. Yeah, it'll be tough riding a bicycle and waders. But you can still enjoy the Arkansas outdoors with Jackalope Cycling in Russellville or Jackalope Cycling. Join 103.7 The Buzz for the Oaklawn Sports Tailgate Party, Saturday, September 2nd. Don't miss the only Little Rock game tailgate party of the year with DJ Kramer mixing it up, free Patty Jean hot dogs, and your favorite Buzz personalities behind Double V's on Markham and Van Buren. The Oaklawn Sports Tailgate Party is brought to you by Double V's, Mosquito Joe, Bud Light, and First Trust Home Loans. Special thanks to Fence World, Arkansas Portable Toilets, City Market, and Arkansas Tent and Special Event Rental. Go to 1037thebuzz.com for your free tickets. There's only one place to stop for the best in meats in Central Arkansas. It's Hogs Meat Market. Check out their monthly package deals of the best meats online at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Went to the liquor store. I loaded up with alcohol. More specifically, vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila. More beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. Because I wasn't just going to sit around for a couple of hours in Jonesboro. I was going to drink all night long. On 103.7 The Buzz. If you're shopping for a vehicle, you want to get to Guadney Chevrolet. Guadney has best deals in the market. Been doing it 60 plus years. Give them a call. 501-982-2102. Make a trip to the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. Shop them online, GuadneyChevrolet.com, where you can see all the deals, the cash allowances, the rebates, even appraise the vehicle. See just how much it's worth. They're giving thousands over book value, whether you trade that vehicle in or you sell it to Guadney Chevrolet. Guadney is always actively buying vehicles, so you'll get a great deal on a vehicle that you trade in or sell. 
See the entire inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles on GuadneyChevrolet.com. Get a deal started on GuadneyChevrolet.com before making a trip to the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. Right now, you can take advantage of 1.9% financing on Silverado, Silverados and Equinox. And that's when financing with GM and a well-qualified buyer. No payments for the rest of the summer. So take advantage of all the great deals at Guadney Chevrolet. It's Guadney Chevrolet, Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. Guadney Chevrolet, GuadneyChevrolet.com. It's Wide Open Wednesday here on Out of Bounds. And our Asher Record Life and Feedback Stats Guy says, Guys, according to sources, are you sure that Georgia quarterback Joe Cox didn't just throw five touchdowns against Arkansas in 2009? And didn't Florida quarterback Kyle Trask throw for six touchdowns in 2020 against the Hogs for a romp of 63 to 35 in the in the swamp? Can y'all confirm? 63 to 35. Wow. Yeah, and that is true. I do remember that game. Kyle Trask did throw six touchdowns. He went 23 of 29 for 356 yards and six touchdowns. That's why that's going to be the new starter for the Bucks. Yeah. Well, if he performs like that, yeah, I bet so. (laughs) Emory Jones was the. uh, quarterback that came in, and a uh, quarterback that also came in for just uh, a couple plays, or one play, was Anthony Richardson, actually, in that game. He threw one pass, and it was an interception. So Florida's been stocked with quarterbacks over the years. Yep, and people forget, too, that that was the year after Felipe Franks was at Florida, which he was, of course, the starting quarterback for Arkansas. He played pretty well. News with Felipe Franks there recently, he just got released by the Falcons. Man. And he's been there for a few years playing tight end and playing their emergency third-string quarterback at times. Yeah, hopefully he gets another opportunity. I always like, really like Felipe. And uh, felt like uh, for the considering the situation that he rolled into that year with Arkansas, new coach, and being in the SEC with 10 SEC games and all that, he, he performed pretty well. In fact, that Florida game, he went 15 of 19 for 250 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, but, man, some of these names are just throwing me off. I can't even like Traylon Smith going eight carries, 118 yards, and Rakeem Boyd. Uh, T.J. Hammonds uh, being in that game. And the leading receiver that day, too, for Arkansas was Mike Woods. So Both those guys still playing ball. Mike mm-hmm. Woods is in the NFL, and T.J. Hammonds is in the USFL. That's right. Well, it's funny about Mike Woods. I remember this, this part of the game. He only had two catches in the game for 129 yards and two touchdowns. The only two catches he had were just long touchdown nice. plays. But, yeah, thanks for uh, bringing up that. Why are we talking about the times Arkansas got smoked by great performances of other yeah, players? because there are many of those. I'm sad but true. Sad but true. But that's okay because there's other things going on in the world of sports. So let's talk about what's trending here in the world of sports. What's trending in the world of sports is sponsored by Arkansas-based West Rock Coffee. Join West Rock Coffee and their 1.5 million coffee farmers around the globe as they fuel Arkansas with great-tasting coffee, tea, and water delivered directly to your business. Contact them at westrockcoffee.com or 833-886-JAVA today. All right, what's trending in the world of sports? Some NFL news. And uh, this dealing with ex-Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs. We know that he was the one that was involved in that fatal uh, car accident when he was speeding and was drunk driving there in Vegas. Well, he officially got sentenced for three to ten years in prison. This back happened in November of 2021. Uh, that killed a woman and her dog. And he's also eligible for parole after three years. So he pled guilty to uh, back in May to one count of DUI resulting in death and one count misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter in the crash that killed Tina Tenter and her dog Max and uh, they are he said he apologized uh, to the parents of the family for his, their pain and suffering but three to ten years is what he gets sentenced to and uh, honestly it's a, it's a sad story all around but hopefully it's something that's when he does get out of prison that's something he can really learn from and be better from it too never want to see that also, in some other NFL news, it's not really like a major breaking news or anything, but you know, uh, the Ravens running back Melvin Gordon, who's newly acquired there uh, to the Ravens, he was been asked a question just like so many running backs in the NFL dealing with the position of running back, and he's not too happy about the position not getting paid like the others in the NFL. He says, quote, we're kind of screwed, I feel like, for the next couple of years. So the only thing that we could do is just kind of stick, uh, kind of stack it out and just ball out and hope for the best. Well, that's so. nothing he has to worry about because he's not in that mix as far as elite running backs that 
are trying to get that big payday so he doesn't have to worry about you know, it. He wanted to let everybody know that uh, he, he, they're screwed, man. They're screwed. Well, well yeah, you're, you're speaking for not for all the running backs, but I get you over there, Melvin. Uh, also, in some uh, other news, we talk about the craziness with conference realignment in college football. Uh, this is something that I was curious to hear about when it came to those who are in the Pac-12, for instance, Coaches, like football coaches, not just presidents or ADs. I got you here from coaches and maybe even players. And this uh, comes from Troy Taylor, who's the Stanford head coach. He says that uh, they intend to remain at the Power 5 level, which is not going to be a Power 5 level, but uh, you get what he's saying. But he says, quote, I think the players that committed to us and came here, they want to play Power 5 football, and that's what is our intention with the university. I can't imagine anything else, so whatever it takes – I'm okay with traveling. Our guys love football. And if you're going to travel a little more, that means people are going to come play us. they got to travel, too. We want to be in a great conference, and we're sure that will happen. The travel, if that happens, is fine by us. Yeah, so that's just his ploy to say that if they go to a different conference, they'll be fine. Yeah, and it's probably, too, a thing of like, hey, we whatever Power 5 or, quote, Power 5 conference that's out there, we're taking phone calls for anybody interested, which the ACC has been the latest one with them in Cal. I don't know if it'll get finalized or even get done, but uh, it's definitely being discussed and mentioned. In fact, Greg Sankey went on Paul Feinbaum yesterday, speaking of conference realignment, and was speaking about how it's gotten so chaotic. He didn't really say anything that was too surprising, but uh, one thing I, I did appreciate him, and you can call it arrogance or you can call it confidence, but he says that the SEC, quote, doesn't need to be in four time zones to generate the interest on the West Coast or really across <laughs> oh, the globe. So, yeah, uh, he's making a noise. He's like, hey, I, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff over here. We can just pick and choose the teams that we want. That's funny. But also said that he it would be in the best interest of the College Football Playoff Committee to reexamine how the playoff format's going to happen going forward. Yeah, no kidding. You can't have uh, automatic bids or anything like that from the Pac-12, but that'll be on the agenda. And I kind of, I'm kind of afraid in a way, like that may push back the playoff of getting to 12 teams another year if they can't it figure out. Not. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid they're going to be like, ah, oh, we still got to figure this out. No, 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 no. You don't have to figure it out. You, you just, you just adjust. You just adjust that little piece. Just say, all right, for the first year at least, taking the top 12 teams from the ranks. And then fix it later. But we want playoffs expanded now. We need that now. Don't wait on anything else. But I'm fearful that that's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't. But uh, also, I thought this was pretty cool but pretty funny. Uh, Alabama football got a visitor yesterday from Pete Rose. That Pete Rose. Nice. Talk to them about the dangers of gambling on sports. Well, he can speak from the heart on that. Yes. That's a huge get for them. And that's hopefully something that a lot of those players and everybody listens to. Because if you need ever an example of... What can happen to you as an athlete if you gamble on the game? I think Pete Rose is the ultimate example of it. So He really is. Yeah, but uh, we'll see if, uh, especially Alabama, they've had issues with that. Alabama and Iowa schools, two ones that just can't, can't figure that part of it out. We'll have some other headlines too, but going to take a top of the hour update. When we come back, Pat Bradley is going to join us thanks to Motorsports Authority. You won't want to miss it, so you better stay tuned for the second hour of Out of Bounds next. Still on the sidelines? Then it's time you suit up and get in the game. Download Arkansas's favorite sports wagering app, Bet Saracen, today. Erectile dysfunction is a very serious medical issue. It affects over 60% of men over 45. This can be caused from low testosterone, high blood pressure, diabetes, prostate issues, and high cholesterol. The staff at the Little